ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List podcast, Brian Scott. Hey, everybody. Brian Scott, your host for the Injured List podcast. Thanks for joining us once again. We have an injury update this week for you. Bonus content. And I'll be a guest on my good friend Abe Delgado's Devil's Advocate Sports Talk live on Facebook a little bit later in the podcast. So thanks for joining us. We will also have on our guest on the show tonight, Tiffany Marie. She's the first lady of Devil's Advocate Sports Talk. And she's going to be joining us to talk about Cody Bellinger's ankle injury on the L.A. Dodgers. That happened a couple of days ago. So we look forward to speaking with her. That'll be coming up shortly. In the meantime, I just want to run through some injuries that occurred and that we're kind of keeping tabs on here. One uh, big one was LaMarcus Aldridge. He recently retired from the NBA after it was discovered that he had an irregular heartbeat. I did not hear what type of irregular heartbeat he had, but apparently it was enough to have him uh, retire and basically hang it up and call it quits. Uh, Played for many years in the NBA, came in as a youngster, uh, played for predominantly with the Portland Trailblazers, and by all accounts was a good teammate and a good uh, upstanding young man uh, in the NBA, and I'm sure he'll have a future in the NBA going forward should he choose to do so. His teammates spoke very highly of him. Now, there's a lot of different type of cardiac arrhythmias that can be uh, developed over time. This could be one that may have laid silent for a while or that he developed as he got a little older. It's hard to say for sure, but it was significant enough that uh, he felt it was time to hang it up. Be looking for more information on that. If anybody hears anything and they want to reach out to me, I'll be more than happy to discuss it in future episodes. Another topic that I wanted to discuss was Roman Grosjean. He's a Formula One race car driver who recently just made his debut in IndyCars uh, over the past weekend. And if you guys watch motorsports and you see uh, these uh, highlights on TV, the highlight of him getting into an accident last year at the Bahrain Grand Prix was pretty impressive and it was made its way around social media and on television as a highlight reel type of accident uh very scary his car basically crashed into the guardrail at the opening of the race and engulfed in flames within seconds and he was trapped in the car underneath the guardrail miraculously he was able to get out and only sustained some second degree burns to his hands and his foot Rescue crews were on the scene immediately. The fact that the guy was able to walk away with just second-degree burns was amazing. If you watch the video, it's one of the scariest accidents I've ever seen. He did a great interview on um, one of the uh, talk shows that's online where he really described what was going through his head and how he managed to get himself out, so I encourage you to look at that. And we'll be doing some episodes on some race car stuff uh, in the near future here, so stay tuned for that. But I just had to point that out. The guy's back in a car racing. It's like literally been barely a year, and uh, he recovered quite well, and he's back behind the behind the wheel. So that's pretty cool to see. A lot of other things to talk about. Uh, we'll touch base on some more stuff with Abe on the Devil's Advocate Sports Talk Live coming up at the end of this uh, podcast. But if you want to check out his show, go visit his Facebook page. He's got the content there, and you can watch it its t- entirety on his uh, Facebook page, Devil's Advocate Sports Talk. So we'll be right back with a message from our sponsors, and we'll be right back with uh, Tiffany Marie after this. 
This is the Injured List Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Are you interested in being a guest on the show? Or do you know someone who would make a good guest? Want Brian Scott to be on your show? If so, share the podcast with your friends. Or drop us a line and we will get back to you right away. Email us at theinjuredlist411 at gmail.com or visit our website at www.theinjuredlist.com. Hey, this is Sean Colas with the Perkentile and Creamery. We are the premier coffee, ice cream, and dessert bar in the Charlotte metro area. We're thrilling people with our amazing interior design, our incredible customer service, and the quality of our offerings. We have a beautifully designed 1920s mercantile-themed monochromatic throwback where people feel excited by their surroundings and blown away by their treats. We're great for business meetings, families, couples, and you. Ask about our room rentals for meetings, events, or parties. We're nestled next to the Concord Mills Mall behind Verizon and in the same building as McAllister's in Concord, North Carolina. If you're in the area and you're listening to this right now, get in your car, drive over to the Perkentile, mention that you heard us on Brian Scott's amazing Injuryless Podcast 2020 and receive 25% off your purchase. Hey guys, are you looking to avoid injury when it comes to your finances? Talk to a professional who can help. Whether you are looking to get your financial house in order or simply looking for that second opinion, visit TrustTreeFinancial.com and schedule your free virtual consultation. Once again, that's TrustTreeFinancial.com. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. Joining us on the episode this evening, we have Tiff Marie. Uh, Tiff goes by the uh, first woman of Devil's Advocate, if you're familiar with that show. She's uh, a regular guest on the show. She's one of the only but she is the only female, I should say, on the show. And she joins us now to talk about Cody Bellinger of the Los Angeles Dodgers and his injury. Tiff, why don't you give us a little bit of background on his injury and what you've heard in the news and on TV about what's going on with him? Sure, yeah. First of all, hello, everyone. Thanks again, Brian, for having me tonight. My pleasure. So, yeah, so it was a couple weeks back. I think it was April 6th. Um, the injury kind of occurred when Cody was trying to beat out a ground ball at first base and he kind of got pleated by the Oakland A's relief pitcher. Um, at first he was just kind of placed on the 10 day, you know, injured list. And it was said to be a day to day thing. Um, which to me, I kind of thought was a little bit of denial, but I figured they would do kind of more scans and kind of look a little more into it. And then after they did do a scan, they found that there was a small um, a hairline fracture in his left fibula. So that just came out on Friday. So they haven't given an exact time frame, but clearly it's no longer, you know, a day-to-day thing. Yeah, they said it's going to be probably extensive time, but they haven't really given an exact kind of figure on that, uh, to my understanding. It's like, how long do you personally, would you think he would be out? And my thing was how 
does this affect the team? And then how does this affect him going forward the rest of the season? So here's my take on this whole uh, injury and reporting of it. Hairline fracture to me is a very vague term, and I hate that terminology. And we often do not use that uh, in day-to-day orthopedics or sports medicine. It's a term that gets thrown around uh, in layman's terms, basically, um, and you see it a lot in reports. But it can mean several different things. So the fibula bone, which is the bone on the outside part of your ankle, it kind of runs up along the outer part of your leg. It's not one of the major weight-bearing bones of your lower extremity. It, it does bear some amount of weight, but not a significant portion. So an injury to that bone can sometimes be sometimes brushed off as just a sprain or brushed off as nothing significant, when in fact x-rays or advanced imaging like CAT scans or MRIs may actually reveal, uh, upon closer inspection, a fracture. And that, that, that's essentially saying a broken bone. So there's many different types of fracture patterns that you see in bones, and some bones, depending on the type of the mechanism of the injury, whether it be a rotational type of injury or where the foot is planted and there's some rotation, um, or if it's just a pure uh, inversion or rolling of the ankle, it tends to lend the injury pattern in a very specific way. So when you hear the term hairline fracture, it really doesn't help kind of figure out for somebody like me what may have happened. I look at the replay, and it looks like he probably just rolled the ankle. Mm-hmm. And so when that happens, it could be one of a few things. You could tear a ligament in the ankle, and sometimes the ligament, when it tears, will actually pull a little piece or a chip of bone off. And sometimes people will call that a hairline fracture when it's really it's not. The, the real term for that is like an avulsion fracture, where the ligament has avulsed off a piece of bone. Now, some people can have a stress fracture, which is more of a chronic type of an injury, where repetitive stresses on the bone can cause what we what would be the closest thing in my mind to a hairline fracture. It's literally just a tiny little crack in the perimeter or edge of the bone. And a lot of times people will refer to that as a hairline fracture. You don't typically see that with an acute type injury, meaning one that just occurred. That's usually more of a chronic thing where it kind of develops over a period of time. But either way, we treat them very similar because of the fact that it's in the fibula. And they're probably just erring on the side of caution with him. One of the things that really determines how conservative they manage it is where that fracture is and the mechanism of the injury. So in my mind, when I hear that it's not a day-to-day thing, then it probably means that the fracture is in a very precarious position and they're probably just being a little conservative and not allowing him to do too much too soon while they give it a chance to heal so that they don't compromise the stability or health of his ankle joint as a whole. Does that make sense? Yes, and especially with it being so early in the season. Correct. And I have that time. You know, everybody else for the most part is healthy. They're doing okay. So they have that time to give him that time off to really look into it. Do sometimes I think they may know a little more than they let out to oh, the absolutely. media. Of course. Yeah. You know, they're not sitting there showing us his films. You know, we can't take a good look at it. We don't know exactly what's going on. Mm-hmm. You know, but I was kind of thinking, all right, you know, we had off-season shoulder surgery. He was plagued by that a little bit. That seems to be okay for now. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think this injury could be something that could come back later on? You know, he's young. He's 25. So could this kind of come back to haunt him in the future, especially if something like that happens again and he gets kind of, you know, pleated again or just the way he rolls it or falls or anything like that? 
So based on the description of the injury and from what I've read and what I saw on film, I don't think it's going to be a lingering problem for him going down the road. If the ligament is involved and if it's a significant ligamentous injury, aside from that little hairline fracture that they're reporting, then sometimes that can create a situation where you start developing ligamentous instability, meaning you could potentially develop loose ligaments as a result of a sprain if it's significant enough. And over time, if you continue to injure it, you can cause those ligaments to become basically unhealthy and basically not really doing what they're supposed to do, which is maintain stability. But usually you don't see that with what they call a hairline fracture. So, and and if it's a first time sprain, you don't typically see recurrent ankle sprains, you know, at this age, at that level of uh, professionalism in athletics. So I don't think looking at everything from what I know and from what we've read, that it's going to be a lingering problem for him. I think he'll probably get over this just fine. I just think they're being extra cautious. You know, baseball season is one of the longest seasons of any professional sport. And, it affords you the time to really get these guys in tip-top health before you let them go back from an injury. And they have the luxury of having minor league facilities down in Florida where often baseball teams will send guys specifically to focus on rehab where they basically get like 24-7 rehabilitative services available to them at their spring training facilities with a plethora of healthcare staff. So it's one of the luxuries that baseball has that some of the other sports don't. And, and that's one thing that's working to his advantage. And that's probably why they said it's not a day to day thing. They're, they're probably thinking, you know, ahead and probably saying, listen, let's, let's just make sure we stay on top of this, get it right. So that there is no lingering effects throughout the rest of the year, which I think is the right thing to do at this stage of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's smart and they can look ahead, see what their schedule is like, and then just, you know, keep the status from, you know, all the reports on him. And like you said, you know, we talked about it being early in the season. They have the time. It's not, you know, the end of the season last year, you know, playoffs, his shoulders popping out, but he's still in those games. You know, right. it's, it's do or die at that point. At this point, you know, he can be out for a, a month or two and it wouldn't even, you know, it would affect his stats, but it really wouldn't, you know, affect any, you know, the team members or anything as much. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, it's a great injury to discuss because there's a lot of different scenarios that can play out with these type of ankle injuries. And the biggest factors when you're looking at stuff like this is, number one, where is the fracture in relation to the ankle joint? What is the fracture pattern? Is it, quote unquote, a hairline fracture or is it more significant, like a spiral or oblique fracture? Is it high up on the fibula? Is it down low, closer to the ankle joint? Is it even lower than that and more toward the tip of the fibula where the ligaments attach? What was the mechanism of injury? Was it a rotational thing? Was it purely a rolling of the ankle? And all that stuff gets factored in when healthcare providers and sports medicine physicians are looking at the injury and the athlete um, to, to determine what the best course of action is and how to treat it initially. So based on what I saw, based on what I'm hearing, I don't think this is going to be a major, major injury for him. I think they'll just probably erring on the side of caution. Um, and and I think that's reasonable. I think, you know, at this t- stage yeah. of the year, there's no reason to push it. And you want him to be healthy because you don't want this to become a lingering issue. If you try to get him back too soon, it could be. That, that was my concern at first. I'm like, all right, if they, you know, just let him keep playing because, you know, his attitude also is like, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Luckily, it was the end of the game. So it, it really didn't factor in that day. And then, 
you know, like I said, they just thought it was a contusion. I, I think they said he had some bruising. And then, you know, of course, I think when he had some some swelling and all, they started to look a little bit more into it. But, you know, like, like you said, there's just they're they're better off aiding on the side of caution. Yeah. And, you know, ankle sprains, especially if someone hasn't had a significant ankle sprain in the past or if someone has not had multiple ankle sprains in the past, can often sometimes resemble very early on an ankle fracture. You can get a lot of swelling, a lot of bruising, a lot of pain, and a lot of times it actually looks a lot worse than it really is. Um, and this could have presented itself that way, which is why initially they may have been like, oh, we, we think it's probably just a sprain or a bruise. And then upon mm-hmm. closer examination is when you actually will sometimes detect the actual break in the bone. Um, it doesn't necessarily change much as far as management. To be honest, like even if it was just a sprain, he'd probably be out the same amount of time. Exactly. Um, that makes sense. Any ankle sprain, even if it's a mild to moderate sprain, can sometimes take like six to eight weeks of like significant treatment and rehab to get back to playing pain-free and symptom-free, depending on what you're doing and you know your history and how you deal with it. So sometimes a hairline fracture can take just as long. My guess is he'll be out at least a month. I don't know if they've actually said that, but that's my guess. I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer to the six or eight week mark where he's actually back with no problem. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't said anything, but that was kind of my thought. I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm going to figure it and, you know, assume he's going to be out for at least a month, but you know, they, they get to be monitored every day, you know, they're, they're checking on them. So, um, not too, too concerned, but when you, when you look at it and you watch it, it just looks like kind of nothing. It looked like, you know, he got, he got hit and, you know, a little roll and that was it. it you know, it didn't seem like much. So that, that's kind of what made me go back and rewatch it a couple of times and look closer in. Cause I'm like, all right, something did happen, but you know, it didn't seem like that when you were watching it quickly. Yeah. It's a pretty innocent looking play. It happened very quick. Sometimes it doesn't take much, just a subtle twist of the ankle or roll of the ankle. And then the athlete feels that happening and their body kind of tries to correct itself. But sometimes just that subtle little movement can do, be enough to cause injury. And, you know, sometimes these injuries can be difficult to treat because they're, kind, they're not in the, to the severe, severity of like a break, like a full all-out break, broken fracture bone. And they're not quite as, you know, uh, clear as like a significant sprain. So they're kind of like fall in between. And so sometimes you have to like pull the reins back a little bit on these athletes and slow them down and remind them like, listen, we're, we're, we're taking this one day at a time. Let's not do too much too soon because then they end up in this vicious cycle of causing pain and swelling and pain and swelling. And if you can't break that cycle initially and get them to be able to do their rehab pain-free and progress, then you end up dealing with this for a lot longer than you probably would have otherwise. So sometimes it can be really difficult to treat because the athletes feel really well pretty quickly and they're itching to get back. So sometimes as a healthcare provider, you have to back them up a little bit. So we'll see how he does. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, kind of keeping track of it and we'll see how it goes. And, you know, I appreciate you answering those questions and, you know, kind of putting, you know, healthcare perspective on it so we can kind of get a better idea of what's going on. Yeah. Well, thanks Tiffany for coming on the show. It's a great question. It's one that uh, we don't hear a lot about in the, the reports, hairline fractures. Um, and when you're dealing with the ankle, there's a lot of potential things that can happen. It's a pretty important joint and an often injured joint in many sports, not just about baseball. So we see a lot of this throughout the course of seasons. And well, I'm sure we'll be touching on this topic again. So Tiff, anytime you want to come on, you're more than welcome to join us here at the Injured List Podcast. Thanks for joining us tonight. 
Awesome. Thank you. The Injured List Podcast is proudly sponsored by TransitioningVeteran.com. Founded in 2008 by a former enlisted armed service member, Transitioning Veteran provides free information and resources to help guide past, future, and present service members through the transition process from active service to civilian life. This free website provides links, articles, and general information about the services available to members of the armed forces and their dependents. It can be a daunting task searching for pertinent information in today's technological age. TransitioningVeteran.com hopes to provide a centralized location for the many resources that are available to military veterans. From education benefits, employment opportunities, to medical benefits for both military members and their families, make TransitioningVeteran.com your go-to resource. On behalf of the Injured List podcast, we thank you for your service. And through our partnership with TransitioningVeteran.com, we hope to give back to the military community. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Well, listen, guys, yeah, I want to reset real quick. I want to thank everybody for watching Devil's Advocate Sports Talk. We're here uh, every other Tuesday night, we might be coming back to every week. Who knows? Whatever you guys want to do. But most Tuesday nights, we are here live for the sports fan to be heard. Uh, I'm going to bring in a- another guest here to make it a quick foursome here because he's been waiting patiently. And I don't want to let you guys go either. We're going to get everybody some time. This is Brian. Nope. Uh, what up, Brian? Uh, got his own podcast. What's up going on? The injured list in the house. What's going on, buddy? What's up, guys? So we're talking injuries, and I just want to make uh, a quick, you know, we talked about Joe Burrow. We want to get into that a little bit. I want to see if you think he's going to start the season. But also uh, the sad news, well, I guess you may sad, not sad. Uh, Alex Smith retired. Um, Thought he was definitely going to keep playing after the comeback player of the year last year. But he's done calling it. Do you think it was, uh, and I'll ask Brian Scott this first. Do you think this was because of the injury? Do you think it was because... No other team really wanted to pick him up, and he wasn't going to play? Uh, a combination. I think uh, most of it, I think, was because of the injury. I think that's why the Redskins let him go in the first place. I heard he had talked with Jacksonville, but uh, I think, you know, looking back, he probably realized that um, he accomplished a pretty significant and un- improbable goal, and he probably was best just to leave it at that. He's got a future ahead of him as a coach, as a mentor. He's got a long career in football ahead of him still. He's young. He's going to be on the sideline for many years to come. There's no reason to risk it. He's got a young family at home. I think when you factor in all those things, you have a little downtime in the offseason, and you realize what he had to go through just to come back on the field. And the fact that he was able to get through it, lead his team to the playoffs, which is it's a storybook ending to an otherwise excellent career. I think it was a really underappreciated quarterback. He did a lot of great things everywhere he went. He was successful. Um probably didn't get the accolades that he may have deserved had he been with other teams and maybe had a little bit more success in the playoffs. But uh, it wasn't well, expected when I heard it. I kind of thought that might be coming down the pipeline once he was let go by the Redskins. Or well, I, I do got to say, I think one of his Watch biggest mouth, accomplishments... Brian. I know, I know. I said a bad word. I think one of the biggest accomplishments in Alex Smith's career that people don't realize is Patrick Mahomes, right? Because 
He mentored him his whole first year. Patrick Mahomes sat on the bench and watched this guy have a fantastic season with the 49ers and go deep into the playoffs. And I think that's what really molded Patrick Mahomes to come in on fire his first year. So much kudos to Alex Smith. I, I like the guy. I just like everything about him. Yeah, I, I like him. to say I like to say the same thing. I love I thought Alex Smith is very um underrated. Like he took the Chiefs to the playoffs while having Patrick Mahomes on the bench. You know, took the 49ers, did good, and then got bumped for you-know-who, and then got traded off to, to what you call it, make Kelsey a star because all he did was throw to Kelsey, like, the whole year. If you had Alex Smith and Kelsey on your fantasy team, you were racking it up because that's all he did. He never threw to his wide receiver. He's always threw to his quarterback and his tight end. But you know what? He didn't make a mistake. Their defense was good, and it got them in the playoffs almost every year that he was there in Kansas City. And then he goes to Washington – gets in the game, and then gets hurt, comes back, and then still takes them to the playoffs because you know if, if Dwayne Haskins stayed there, they weren't going nowhere. Giants would have been in the playoffs. his career, even through high school and all through college, he was never really given much of a chance of a ceiling, and at every level he succeeded. He did. Brian? Yeah, he did, he did, say, he did say that um, on his way out just now. I saw some of the interview that – he was um I, not only so if you say he was offered, but he was offered to back up um what's his name in Jacksonville, Trevor Lawrence, but he decided not to. So Brian Scott, what else you got going on in the injury front? We had some injuries in basketball, right? You know, there's been a lot going on, man. Um, I haven't been able to keep up with it all, to be honest. And uh, what what actually struck me more so than any injury on the court was this recent. Uh, uh, event that happened down here in South Carolina with former football player Philip Adams, who was a former cornerback in the NFL. And if you guys heard about that, he lives and is originally from Rock Hill, South Carolina, which is not that far from where I am. Apparently, uh, he shot, killed multiple people, including two young children and a physician, whom apparently um, they can't really figure out what the relationship was and then turned a gun and killed himself. And uh, the family has uh, apparently donated his... Um, brain to be examined at Boston University's uh, Center for CTE. And um, so it's pretty, pretty crazy story. Um, he at one point uh, played for the Jets, if I'm not mistaken, um, for a couple of years. And um, uh, pretty shocking story. So um, that kind of took center stage for me over the last couple of days. But there's been a bunch of injuries, a bunch of things. Uh, I did an episode last week where I spoke about um, some of the top draft picks who are going to going to be um, probably sliding down some draft boards due to injuries last year during college football on um, what the big difference was between this year's uh, injury analysis that I did and last year's is because of COVID and because of a lot of these shortened collegiate seasons, some guys opted out. A lot of teams didn't play full schedules. So some of those guys took time off to recover and rehab and um, there wasn't any combine like there normally is. Um, right. A lot of it was all pro days. So normally they would have like 300 athletes at the combine and they would, um, you know, do medical evaluations and do their skills testing and everything and assessments. But because of COVID, they're only invited 150. And those were only done for medical screenings, which is what the combine was originally intended for. So a little bit different this year in how they were conducting it. They did do uh, telehealth uh, visits with some guys that they had concerns with, but the actual physicals, and actual um, medical examinations and reviews of the medical stuff is only being conducted on 150 athletes who are projected to go rounds one through three. 
You know what's interesting about that? Now you bring that up. I saw a stat that uh, it's actually, and I understand that it's not helping with all the athletes being able to go to a combine. I understand that. But they've said because all of these athletes are doing their own pro days, that the 40 times are the best in history of all time. <laughs> these guys are running the fastest 40s of all time. And I wonder why, because they're doing it at their own stadium and they're doing it on their, on their own field. So uh, it's a plus and a minus, you know, pros, cons. What are you going to do? Well, the guys are probably, some of those guys are probably healthier than I've ever been too. If they haven't played a full <laughs> season and they've had some time off. I mean, sure. it, helped, it probably is going to help a lot of them uh, <clears throat> coming off injuries, which is why there were so few that I had to review this year. I think I only reviewed like six last year. I think I reviewed like 12. Um, and the six that I reviewed were not coming off anything major. I think Jalen Waddle was probably the biggest injury. Um, and, you know, because he was on a center stage playing for Alabama, um, and got hurt, and you know he's a top oh, threat. So hold on, Brian thinks he's in school. Go ahead, Brian. You had to hand no, up. No, no, no. You know what it is. I got to listen to your more. I got to listen to your more recent podcast. I, I got to see when you did. Uh, did you do one on Zach Wilson? Uh, no. That's one I want to know about. So on your next podcast, I want you to review Zach. He got an injury. Shoulder and with his wrist. I want to know what issues could the Jets be facing because that happened two years ago. And last year he played, so. Um, yeah, but, I, you know, you got to look back at the body of work he just had. I mean, he had a – they played a full year almost, right? And he – I mean, he was exceptional. Uh, yeah, did you see him bother. throwing the ball on his pro day? Yeah, but I have look a problem. Pro day, though. Look at, just look at the body of work. I think his shoulder's okay. <laughs> no, nah, you know what it is? You can do – throwing the ball – I mean, my thing is it's FCS com, uh, thing, so I'm just curious because that's the only knock against them that I'm hearing from most people is – Will he hold up? Is he going to be healthy enough to hold up? And I already went through the, the years of Chad Pennington, shoulder, wrist, thanks to the oh. Giants. I can't go through that again with another young quarterback. So if you can just do a look review for me, even if it's just to shoot me a, a text, hey, this is what I'm thinking, I'd be uh, in your debt, my man. No, no, no. I could do better than that, dude. I'll do a whole Devil's Advocate segment on it. But, uh, you know, Ooh. Trevor Lawrence <laughs> had a labral tear in his shoulder and had that fixed. That was his non-throwing shoulder. I understand that. But there's no uh, reason to think that he won't be fine. Um, uh, there's been other notable players that have had injuries and had surgeries and come back. And, you know, when you're talking two years, if you're able to play at a high level like that, I don't care what, you know, FCS or FCS bowl or league you're in, to put up those numbers and to, to not miss time and to, to play and play well at an elite level and be projected, you know, top two, three draft picks, um, those injuries are far behind him at two years. Like, I don't, I'm not worried about it at all. But I'll take a look into it and see what exactly it was. Because my thing is, if he gets one solid hit from an NFL lineman, then they may get the penalty flag, but I'm worried that we might lose the quarterback. That's my biggest thing. You would have, you would have seen something. He would have shown some ill effects of it this past year. Uh, much like Tunga Vailoa, you know, would have shown some ill effects of his mate. And he had major injury uh, with his hip. He would have shown it. Um, long before he got drafted or played. I mean, shoulder and wrist is not like your lower extremity in football. You know, you can, you got pads protecting your shoulder. Most guys, unless they get a weird funky hit or get crushed, are not going to have major shoulder injuries in football, especially at the quarterback position when you're not hitting and you're really trying to get avoid hits. Um, the wrist thing, some, you know, that can sometimes happen. We saw uh, Lamelo Ball uh, broke his wrist in the um, Hornets here, and he's actually coming back. I just saw a report that he's going to be coming back to action. Like within the next couple of weeks, he was cleared to play already, which is amazing. He had surgery Damn. to fix it, and they're already saying he's coming back. Now, I thought 
four weeks was probably going to be the minimum, but it's, I think it's only been a couple, which is pretty remarkable. So um, it can be done. You know, these guys are young. They're 19, 20 years old. Uh, unless I it was got the Chad Pennington fear. That's the only thing, bud. I got the Chad Pennington fear. You've got I, know, and I understand the veteran backup, Brian. The fears are legitimate. No. Uh, Jets fans, you know, you, these are legitimate concerns. I understand. Um, there's, there's no veteran backup for the Jets right now. They brought a couple in. They they have a rookie they drafted last year that that's in there. Um, you know, I don't think, I, and I, I'm not a big fan of the veterans unless you think he might get hurt. Uh, the veterans, I don't think that I think Sanchez and I think Darnold proved that you can have, I don't care who's your quarterback coach kind of uh, player coach kind of thing. It doesn't, Brunel didn't do much for Sanchez to improve him. And Darnold didn't, I guess, learn enough uh, having McCown for a year or two to really, in my opinion, uh, warrant that these veterans are great mentors. Um, I, I have less. I mean, you also want to have him for an actual backup, you know. So, like, if a guy can come in and win you like a game or two, just to hold off while you know he's beat up or something, you know, you want to have somebody in there that you can. No, I get it. I get it. Listen, I'm, I'm, less, guys, concerned about, they, um, I'm less concerned about him quarterback here? versus like um, I did a report on one of the linemen that's pretty uh, center. The Alabama center is actually a very highly regarded. He's probably like one of the best linemen in the draft. The dude has been injured every year for the past four years, hasn't completed a full season, and yet he's still projected to go like, you know, first round pretty high because he's one of the top linemen rated. And I feel less uh, confident in that dude than I would with Zach Smith. Uh, he's a big dude, too, that center. He's a big dude. Yeah, but he's been injured year after year and not small injuries, like things that have required surgery. He just blew out his ACL uh, this at the end of the year. Mm -hmm. And came back and took a snap under center in the championship game just to say he was out there. But, I mean, he's still coming off an ACL injury, and he's had multiple uh, other major uh, injuries that required surgery. He actually had an ACL on the other knee a few years back and had to redshirt. I mean, those are significant injuries. You don't bounce back from those like you do some other stuff. Mm -hmm. And you're talking about an interior alignment, you know, your legs are constantly being possibly rolled up on and all that stuff. I'm more concerned about a guy like that than I would be about Wilson. Okay. So, Adam, what am I missing here? I feel like there's some uh, big news that we didn't cover yet. Is there anything I'm missing on the uh, the news front that's happened over the past couple weeks? Are you specifically asking about football or? Yeah, I, I feel like we're missing something big that I wanted to talk about. It's just, I'm just. Um, well, no, I, I did some from an injury. Minor. They added the 17th game this year. Yes, that's yes. a big one. And so that's an extra the, game. I love it, obviously. I'm a fan, so I love the 17th game. Well, um, and it makes the Super Bowl the day after the Super Bowl a holiday. Most people are <laughs> off work, so that's good. <laughs> they just pushed that's it another week, Abe. It's still on Sunday, Abe. It's still on Sunday. Yeah, but the day after, I think, is a, a holiday for most people. I think yeah. it's Valentine's Day is the next day next, next year. I think it's Valentine's Day is the day after. I think, no, it's, I think like it's like the 13th like next year. Or something like that. I, think it's, I don't think it's pres I don't think it's President's Day yet, man. Don't get too happy. Hold on. I, another I don't another think thing it's from an injuries perspective, a lot of teams are boycotting these volunteer workouts. A lot of guys are yeah, uh, the thirteenth the union to step up behind them so they don't have to go to volunteer workouts because they're afraid they're gonna get hurt, which I don't really I mean I understand it, but I don't understand it. You're about to play a full year of football. Get out there and start getting ready. I don't understand you're no risk to get injured than you were any other year. Like why now all of a sudden is it different? I don't know. They just don't want to go, period. No, no. Some of them just lazy. I know. Um, Daniel Jones took uh, Galladay, Slayton, Ingram, Barkley. They all went to Arizona. 
and they're all working out together in Arizona. So I like hearing that. So yeah, that's yeah. good. Get a, get a rapport, especially with the new guys, you know what I mean? And the guys coming off an injury, which is just great. We need to please, I need Saquon to be healthy the whole year. So if you can make that happen, Brian, that'd be great. <laughs> I, I wish I could. If I had anything to do with it, you know, I would. On the baseball front, though, what about Syndergaard? Is he still on track? I don't know if you've been yeah. keeping an eye on that, but it's. Oh, yeah, he he's on, on track, track dude. To come back? He's on track. He'll be back. He'll be back this season. He's already thrown off a mound. Would you? Good. And it's supposedly. He's oh, he's pitching really already? Well. He's thrown off a Is mound. He Nice. I don't know if he's doing any live BP or live games situations, but he's throwing off a mound, which is a good sign. There's what usually, about um, said, what about Carrasco? Yeah, that's my other question. I haven't heard anything about him. No. So I'm not really sure there. Um, baseball. I mean, it's pretty early in the season. Not too much major stuff has happened just yet. Um, uh, basketball's been going through a lot because of, uh, of their crazy season, and they've been playing a lot of games pretty regularly like every other day minimum so a lot of guys have been coming down with some stuff uh you know look at the nets half of the nets team is freaking out with injuries and that's no surprise i mean Nets are a big disappointment this year I think. yeah but you know what they're they're i mean this is what load management really is mm -hmm. this is it right here you're seeing it it's not it's saving them to playoff time man they just got to make the playoffs and then all these guys will be back and they'll all be good to go they'll be fresh and then they'll make their run all right. Well, listen, um, I got to get going here soon. So I'm going to give you guys each one minute to sound off about whatever you want. Before we go, we'll start with Brian Eichen. Uh I think you, you we need to spend a little more time on basketball because the Knicks are back in action. I think it's five in a row, six in a row now. Um, they're just an exciting team to win it. And now it sounds like more people are on this bandwagon possibly having Julius Randle in the in the making a case for an MVP vote or two. I said that. The fact that if they may, they're right now, they're in the sixth seed, sixth spot, only half game out of the fourth spot. If they can make a run, they're a dangerous team for anybody to face. And as someone mentioned in there, the Nets are sort of getting looking a little weird lately down lately with all the players possibly getting injured. So let's bring on the Knicks, baby. Let's go. <laughs> we are the New York. All right, go ahead, Adam. Go New York. Go New York. Zoe, I'm pet sitting for the week for my mom. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward. I've been watching a lot of Mets baseball and, uh, I'm looking for these guys oh, coming Mets. back. I think you were talking a lot about, um, about, um, DeGrom being the man, which I agree. I mean, I just wish that their bats would turn on whenever he pitches. It seems like they, their bats just turn off and then the next day they'll score like six runs when he's not pitching and still lose a game. I'm like, come on, man. Here's a stat um, for I, you. Real quick, Adam. Here's a funny stat for you. He's had in the last, I believe it was the last three years. I think he has like the best ERA in the last three years since 2018, 2.06 ERA. And the Mets, his record is 26 and 37. The Mets record. Yeah. Those stars. I'm like that. Yeah. I How saw that horrible too. is that? That is just. And then you're not, and no sleep on, um, uh, Strom has been playing really been good. Great. He's like, his ERA is like a 56. It's like ridiculous, man. And I don't know if you saw that play. He caught the ball behind his hand and threw the ball like a basketball. He still got the guy out at first the other day. I think I posted it on page. If you guys didn't see it, go check it out. It's it would have been cool much play. better if he actually threw the ball the right way. But Right, right. But he lost nice. balance, too. It was like a fadeaway jump shot with the baseball. It was kind of crazy. But I think um, hopefully Conforto gets his bat back. And um, I think everybody's doing okay. I think uh, um, Pete Alonso's looking better. He's, he's driving the ball. He's not crushing home runs every other day or every day, but 
he's doing his thing and i think he hit uh, one in um, colorado he hit one in colorado yeah yeah i saw um so we're losing they're losing right now one nothing against the uh, cubbies i'm about to say the bears they're losing against the cubbies so hopefully we can take another series here and stay up top um before we play um the Braves, Braves I think, soon. So uh, that's all I got. And then I guess next week, if you guys want to do the draft, let's set it up what order so we can at least do research on what guys we want to draft or whatever teams we have. So who's going to do the draft? Um, I will set it up. Brian, if you want to do it too. The other Brian, obviously, you know, Brian's going to do it. Iken's going to do it. So um, we can get all come on and, and take a number and then just do it. That'd be awesome. All right, Brian Scott, you're the last one to go. Yeah, I'll volunteer. I'll volunteer my injury analysis for your guys' draft. How's that? I can use it. Go-to guide with any questions. But um, uh, things are uh, looking good, man. All these sports are going right now, full swing. It's an awesome time of year. Uh, Podcast is looking good. I'm actually going to be a guest on two other podcasts uh, coming up. So I will let you guys know when that is going to happen. Next week, I have a guest on my show, former uh, collegiate football coach, uh, multiple different levels, Division One, Two. He's going to come on and talk to me about drafting and recruiting uh, so we can get an idea of how injuries play into their decision-making when it comes time to draft or recruit players. He has uh, got some former athletes of his that are in the NFL currently, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then uh, Tiffany Marie is going to be joining me, too, for a little injury update on Cody Bellinger uh, this week. So I'll listen for that tomorrow morning. Sweet. All right, guys. Well, thanks for joining us this week, and uh, we'll set up the mock draft, and I'll see you guys in a week. All right. All right let's do it. All right, guys. Have a good night.